Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. Before I continue, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider giving it a like or review on whatever podcasting platform you're using. You can also support the podcast at patreon.com slash That's B-A-I-R-D-O. By the 1960s, train travel was declining across Canada. More people were driving or taking planes, and the era of train travel was disappearing. While the trains, at least passenger trains, were disappearing, there would be one final shining moment for the form of travel in 1967, Canada's centennial year. With Canada celebrating its first century, it was decided that a traveling train exhibition would be a great way to reach Canadians, and this is where the Confederation train came in. Throughout the year, the train would travel across Canada, hitting every province and territory, and reaching Canadians in dozens of communities. The train was made up of six cars, with each car specializing in one aspect of Canada and its history. The first car was about Canada before the arrival of the Europeans. From relating the history of the Ice Ages that dominated the landscape, to the arrival of the First Nations over the Bering Strait, and the impact the First Nations had on the landscape. First Nation villages were designed by artists and craftsmen, allowing visitors to see what Canada was like centuries ago. The second car was about the arrival of the Europeans, beginning with the Vikings and continuing with the French and English. An electronic map traced the routes of Cabot, Cartier, Hudson, and others. Samuel de Champlain had a life-size statue for residents to look at. A map from 1632, also created by Champlain, was also on display. In the third car, the era of settlement was celebrated. A drawing room window allowed visitors to see what a typical scene looked like in 19th century French Canada. Other exhibits displayed the pre-Confederation state of confusion, the isolation of communities and colonies, along with the pressures from the United States. In the Confederation chamber of the car, the centennial symbol is most prominent with the four colored triangles that symbolize the first four provinces in Canada. In the fourth car, the era of 1867 to 1876 was covered. An old printing shop was on display, and prime ministers of the day were represented in Macdonald, Mackenzie. Sitting Bull's rifle and a Sioux headdress were also on display. There were also displays detailing the history of the Riel Rebellion, the Hudson's Bay Grant, and the creation of the Northwest Mounted Police. The remainder of the 19th century is also represented at the back of the car, including the treaties, the Klondike Gold Rush, and the Railway to the West. In Car 5, the first decades of the 20th century were represented from the Boer War through the establishment of Alberta and Saskatchewan to the First World War. Visitors were able to go into a dugout roofed by corrugated iron and sandbags to see what it was like to be next to no man's land during the First World War. Newspapers from the start of the Second World War finished off the visit to the car. In the last car, the sixth one, the Second World War and Prime Minister Mackenzie King were represented as well as subsequent Prime Ministers St. Laurier, Diefenbaker, and Pearson. The idea of the train was dreamed up by Prime Minister John Diefenbaker in 1961 as a travelling exhibition that would travel the country. One of the most important parts of the train, apart from the horn, was that it was pulled by two diesel engines, one owned by the Canadian Pacific Railway and one by the Canadian National Railway. In regards to the horn, it actually played the first four notes of O Canada. The Confederation train was funded through the Centennial Commission and began its journey from Victoria on January 9, 1967. The train's whistle would first be activated by Blytha Perks, wife of the Lieutenant Governor General of British Columbia. 
Secretary of State Judy LaMarche and Mae Bennett, wife of Premier W.A.C. Bennett, were also on hand. A total of 1,500 people were at the rail yard to watch the train begin its journey. In addition, 1,000 colored balloons were released and three RCAF jets roared over. During its first week in Victoria, 40,000 people would tour the train. It would then begin progressing through Canada until it reached the Maritimes on October 26, 1967. At that point, it turned around and finished in Montreal on December 5th. In all, 87 communities would be visited across Canada. Over the course of its journey, hundreds of thousands of Canadians would walk through those cars. In one four-day visit at Sault Ste. Marie, 37,427 citizens toured the cars. In Calgary, it would stay for 10 days beginning on March 9th with 80,000 citizens coming through to see the train. For communities that were not reached by the train, there was also the Centennial Caravan, made up of tractor-trailers that traveled to 655 smaller communities and reached 6.5 million people. In the far north, there was the Confederation Barge, which went up and down the Mackenzie River, visiting communities along the way. Information for this episode comes from Expo 67, Sioux Today, Wikipedia, Times Colonist, Canadian Geographic, and A Year to Remember. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please consider giving it a like and review. You can reach me through email at crwbaird at gmail.com, and you can find hundreds of articles on Canada's history on my website at canadax.blogspot.ca. That's